January 1st, 2018. Welcome to 2018 and to the inaugural Becoming Your DJ podcast. I'm your host, DJ Submaster B. And today we're going to introduce you to our new podcast and talk a little bit about how to choose the DJ for your event. Let's get started. So today we're going to discuss a few different things, but first and foremost, welcome to our podcast. I'm DJ Submaster B, a veteran of 15 years in the DJ game. I do a lot of weddings, private parties, corporate events, not so much the club and bar scene anymore, though I started that way eons ago, it feels like. But for me now, I find the, the more personal touch of working directly with someone or with someones to make their big day and their big event something huge, more worthwhile. So the real question then becomes, why did I start this podcast? Well, for me, there's a lot of questions I get asked, especially from brides and grooms when it comes to doing their weddings, about their DJs. Questions from, how do I choose a DJ? To, is this the correct DJ for me? To, should I tip my DJ? Any number of a hundred different things that pop up. And it seemed to me, the best way to do this would be to just put it all into one big answer in a series of, hopefully... A few podcasts that'll last a little bit of time. We're going to have to see what happens there. But just moves forward and teaches you a little bit about me. Hopefully gives you some knowledge as well as to how things are put together, how to choose a DJ, what to look for in a DJ, and how to get some of those questions that you have that are burning about the DJ world answered for you. So today on our inaugural podcast, we're going to talk about choosing your DJ. This is a big, to- a big subject, a big topic for many people. I mean, it's, it's a huge decision. Sure, if it's a birthday party, you've got another one coming again next year. With a corporate party, it's easy to replace someone and start with a new one next year. But if you find a DJ that you like, it's someone that you want to keep working with for years on end. And I know it sounds weird. A lot of people don't think about a DJ for, for a lot of different things. But, you know, we're here, we're available, and we can make almost any party that much more special. So let's talk the different event types that you have. Because when it comes to choosing your DJ, the first question you need to ask yourself is, what kind of event am I having? Am I having, say, a corporate event? On a corporate event, you're going to need a DJ who can not only play some music that is going to be varied by type and age. You know, in a corporate event, you're going to have people there potentially ages 16 to 80. And the way this day and age goes and the way these, these jobs are working now, folks are, are working well into their 80s. I've got a gentleman that works at a company I know of, and he's close to 90 at this point, and he does it because he loves it. So what a 90-year-old is going to want to hear and what a 16-year-old are going to want to hear tend to be two very different things. So what you're looking for in something like a corporate event is you're looking for a DJ who can play everything and smoothly transition back and forth to everything. But that's not the end-all be-all. That DJ also has to be ready to monitor microphones because you're going to have all kinds of folks that want to get up and say something. Folks want to hear from the CEO, the CFO, you know, whoever's in charge. If it's just a manager there, they want to hear from them too. They want to hear those things that they've accomplished throughout the year, especially if it's a, 
a holiday party or a New Year's party for your your team and your event, you want that DJ to be able to control those microphones and make sure that they sound good and they stay sounding good. You know, you've got folks who may be a bit more boisterous on the microphone. You need a dynamic DJ who can look at that and, and change that up. You know, when it comes to that music selection, you want to make sure they're very well versed. Your 16 to 22 year olds now may want to hear some newer EDM, some new hip hop, new pop. They may even want to hear the new stadium country. But your older workforce may not want to hear that. They, might, they may want to hear Motown, 70s. You know, they want to hear funk. They want to hear disco. How do you bridge all of that together? Now, for me personally as a DJ, I'm a crowd reader. I will always keep an eye on what's going on with your crowd and watch how that works. Because that becomes a huge thing. You know, if you're not watching the crowd, if you're not paying attention to what's in front of you, you have no idea who's dancing to what. Now, typically in our younger generation, even if they don't know a song, if the dance floor is full, they're going to come out and dance because they want to dance. They want to have a good time. Now, if your older crowd just sits around all night, then your younger crowd starts to feel a little self-conscious about things. So you got to watch out for that. So when it comes to corporate events, that's, that's going to be the biggest thing. A very DJ. Well, what about something like a birthday party? Well, a birthday party, you're going to want a DJ who's very, very dynamic, very, very outgoing, and who's going to be willing to put themselves out front and center. It's a lot of times with a birthday. You may have the birthday guy or gal who's excited, they're there, they're having a great time, but we've got to coax everyone else out onto the dance floor. So to give you an idea, I recently did a, a birthday party um, here in Flagstaff, Arizona. Now, this was a crowd that wanted to have a good time, but very self-conscious about dancing. So we had to get out from behind the booth and teach them various line dances, be it the wobble, be it the shuffle, you know, the cha-cha slide, anything along those lines. Get out, teach the steps to one or two, and then get more of the crowd going. You know, from there, once we had some folks on the dance floor, I still had to walk around the event and try to coax other folks onto the dance floor with them. I actually recently did a wedding that was the same way. You had to get out and you had to convince people to jump onto the dance floor because sometimes they just don't want to do that. You know, that goes back to as well as the host of whatever event it is. You know your crowd better than your DJ will. As your DJ, I'm going to learn your crowd for all of about two or three hours. I'm going to get as much information about them as I can at that time, but you know them better than the DJ ever will. That means when you're choosing the music types that you want, you don't want to choose just music that you like. And I know that sounds strange. Well, I'm hosting the party. Of course I'm going to choose music I like. Well, yes, you should choose some that you like, but make sure that your guests have some of the music that they themselves like as well. Can you imagine going to a party and not hearing one of your favorite songs? You'd be bored all night. Or if you have a strong dislike of rap music and you show up to your friend's party and they will only play rap all night long, you're not really going to have a good time. So keep that in mind for your guests as well. When you put your party together, you want to make sure that your guests are going to have a good time. Sure, there may be one or two songs that you absolutely hate. Trust me, as a DJ, there's a ton of those for me. There's so many songs that I've played out so many times that it's kind of muscle memory to just let them flow, and I just have to ignore them for the rest of the night. 
those songs you have too, but your guests love those songs. So remember every now and again, you're going to have to throw a couple of those in, unfortunately. So let's talk about that last event type that we threw in there, you know, and give us a, th a real change between the other two that we've spoken of, which are corporate events and going to be birthday parties. Let's talk weddings. Wedding DJs have for many, many years had such a bad rap. You know, I understand I gave wedding DJs before I got into the wedding business the same rap. And that rap of, you know, they're cheesy, dorky kind of DJs who do stupid things to get the crowd dancing or, you know, try to direct the crowd at all times. Now, don't get me wrong. There are still tons of wedding DJs like this. Um, I recently saw one, actually not 2017, 2016, I saw a DJ who had a full dance floor, completely dancing to everything they played. It was awesome. He didn't think it was good enough. He got out from behind the booth and was trying to direct people to dance the way he thought they should be dancing to the song. You don't need to do that. If you have a dance floor that's packed, let them work. Let them enjoy themselves. But when it comes to weddings, you know, when you get a good wedding DJ, a good wedding DJ is not just going to stand behind a booth and play music all night. There's so much more to be done. You know, you've got ceremony that you have to get going making sure folks are seated, they know what's happening, they understand what's on the microphone and what's being said. You're clear when you speak so that they understand what you're doing and who you are and why you're running things. These are important traits for a DJ to have if they're going to be doing your wedding. It shouldn't be just a DJ. You know, when you are looking for that wedding DJ especially, ask them, are they comfortable on the microphone? Are you comfortable emceeing my evening? Because if that person is not comfortable emceeing your evening, you're going to run into a huge issue. Because your guests are looking to the DJ for directions to what's happening all night long. Your DJ also has to be comfortable talking not only with your wedding guest, but with you as the bride and groom, or as the happy couple, and talking with your venue, and talking with your caterer. They are the master of ceremonies for that night. So they're the ones that need to take over and make sure everything is where it needs to be. Pardon me, still a bit of a cold, so. <coughs> Excuse me. I got my tea. Gonna work through this podcast with you today for the very first one. But anyway, wedding DJs. They really do need to be fully dynamic, fully understanding exactly what they're putting into place. For me, when it comes to a wedding, I'm typically there between two and a half to two hours ahead of time. I want to be set up. I want a sound check. I want everything run before any of your guests get there. And I want to be changed before they get there. That way, when your guests get to the wedding, they see your DJ prepared. They can ask him questions and they can get up and running and get going. Now, even before you get to that event, when you sit down to interview your DJ, there's, I believe it's Brides Magazine in 2017, posted a list of almost 100 questions they said you should ask your wedding DJ. That's a lot of questions. I don't recommend asking your wedding DJ 100 questions. I actually just recommending, recommend excuse me, sitting down and talking with that DJ. Speak with your wedding DJ. Get to know them. One of the biggest things you want to ask yourself, do you trust this person to run your evening? 
because they're going to run your evening. If you say no to that, this isn't the DJ for you. Now, vice versa, the DJ should be asking a whole lot of questions, not just, oh, can this person afford my fee? No. They should be asking if this is a client that they want to work with, if this is a client they're comfortable working with, and if they're a client that feels like they can work together on everything. You know, I don't take every wedding client that comes my way. There's several that I will turn down because they just don't fit what I'm looking for in a client, and I may not fit what they're looking for in a DJ. And that's perfectly acceptable. You know, it's just one of those things being part of the business. There's thousands of wedding DJs out there. You don't have to settle on one just because of a price point or just because you think, oh, I better get this guy because, you know, I may not find someone else. You'll find someone else. There's tons of them out there. So make sure you're comfortable with that DJ. So from there, the next big thing you want to ask yourself is, does this DJ provide you any form of planning help? Now, keep in mind when you are doing a wedding or any event for that matter, there's a lot of different things that have to go into it. There's a timeline as far as when things are happening and what things are happening. There should be some kind of a worksheet or some kind of a planning form that you guys do together. That form allows the DJ to know exactly who's doing what. Is there a caterer involved? Who's the venue? Who's the contact at the venue? Are we doing things like a prayer before, before dinner? Any event can have any number of these things going on. So you want to make sure they're planned for and that you know that they're going to happen. The other thing that you want to ask about is a request list. Do you have priority requested songs? Are there certain things that you have to hear that night? You know, in a corporate event, that may not be as prominent unless you have a special event happening or a special announcement. Do you want introductory music for each person showing up? So do you want an introductory song for your um, CFO who's coming onto stage to help liven that crowd up and make it a bit more enjoyable for them? You know, in a birthday type situation, which happy birthday song do you want played? Or do you want all the guests to just sing it? You know, you've got everyone who has done a birthday song from the Beatles and Stevie Wonder to, I think, Raffi. I mean, think about it. Everybody's got a birthday song out. Then, of course, things like weddings. What are the top 10 or 20 songs that you want to dance to that night because it's your big evening? What kind of songs do you know your guests want to hear? Is there a request system for both of you? Then along those lines as well, what do you not want to hear that night? You know, as much as you want to include everything, I, let me correct that, not everything for everyone, as much as you want to include songs for all of your guests, there are going to be certain songs that are going to grate on your nerves. And you don't have to absolutely listen to those. You know, if you don't want to hear the chicken dance at your event, make sure your DJ knows that. And make sure your DJ has a way of writing that down or putting that somewhere so that everyone's on the same page when it comes to that. So really, so far, what have we covered? We've talked a little bit about asking yourself what kind of events you're looking for and what do you need in your DJ before you hire them. That's a big, important question. Because you may find a DJ who's in your price range, but then you turn around and find out that they don't do half the things you need them to do. And that won't be money well spent for you. We've talked about the different options that you want your DJ to be able to do. MCing your party, MCing your event, 
Are they able to communicate with folks in and around? Are they able to get there on time and get set up? How much setup time do they really need? How much teardown time do they need? Now that's one piece we haven't quite talked about yet. Teardown time for your DJ. Typically for a DJ, it's going to take a lot longer to set up than it is to tear down. You're hiding wires, you're hiding cables, you're putting stuff away. It's difficult to get set up. It's not difficult, it's time consuming. Teardown, on the other hand, is quickly putting everything away, getting in a car, and escaping as fast as possible. Not all DJs do that. I've heard of DJs that take two hours to tear down. Let me tell you, when your event staff is ready to go, they're ready to go. They've had a long day and they don't need a DJ taking forever to tear down. For me, it typically takes me an hour to tear down. Um, if I have a setup that's larger than that, I'll bring an assistant with me to, and have her, typically my fiance, have her come in and help me tear everything down as well. That way we can stay getting out of there within that hour. Other thing you want to ask your DJ when it comes to setup and tear down, is that included in the price? So if I've booked a four hour package, Am I actually getting four hours or am I getting two hours of DJ time and two hours of setup and teardown? It's still rare. It, it is rare to hear that in the DJ route, but there are a few DJs out there who will, will absolutely book you for four hours and then tell you two hours of that is set up. So you really only have a DJ for two hours. You know, again, for me personally, my setup and teardown is included. So whatever amount of time you book is the amount of time I'm performing for. A lot of times it's going to be a little bit extra um, as far as how much time I'm performing. So let's say you have me starting at 3 o'clock, but your guests start arriving at 2.30. At 2.30, I'm going to start playing. Your guests are not going to be sitting around in silence, and I'm not going to charge you for that half hour. Now, if your guests start arriving at 2, then we're probably going to have a little bit of a chat because that's an extra hour of time, and that's a, that's a whole lot coming on. <laughs> So again, there's a lot to think about, a lot to consider when it comes to choosing your DJ. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm hopeful that I'm in the running and I will hopefully become the DJ for your event. But if not, I hope that I've given you some ideas, some clarification, and some thought to think about as you're choosing the DJ for your next event. Remember, always ask questions. You may not need to ask those 100 questions that Brides.com has put out there in 2017, but grab a few of those. There were some good ones on there. And on the other side, you want to listen and you want to be comfortable with that DJ. Can you stomach the sound of their voice? Because if you can't, that's the wrong DJ for you because you're going to have to listen to it for your entire event, your entire evening. Now on the other side of that, you know, price is important. And I know I didn't discuss price with you here. Every DJ's price is going to be different because every DJ's costs are different. Now, you may have a DJ that has a, a $4,000 setup in front of them. You may have a DJ that has a $10,000 setup in front of them. Depending on how much they've had to spend and what they've had to bring out, it's really going to determine their price and what they're going to charge you. So keep that in mind as you're looking around. But I do appreciate you folks listening to me today. Thank you for joining me for the inaugural Becoming Your DJ podcast. I'm DJ Submaster B. You folks have a wonderful new year. Thank you for joining us and have a wonderful day. 